Hello, my friends, and welcome to the DDP for the 20th day of July. I'm Paul. It's good that you've joined me. I am so thankful for all of you, and I just want to let you know that. We appreciate you so much. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for those of you who have partnered together with us financially to help make this podcast possible. Uh, We do not have a sponsor. We don't do a commercial. This isn't brought to you by, it's brought to you by Paul White Ministries. And that's funded by people who want to hear what we have to say. And thank you. And if that's you and you've never supported, we would appreciate you prayerfully considering it. And I say prayerfully, listen to the Holy Spirit. If he doesn't give you direction on it, just keep doing what you're doing. If he does, please follow the voice of the Spirit. You can contact us for more information about giving at paulwhiteministries.com. There's a space there for you to become a partner, uh, for you to donate and maybe even make a recurring gift with your credit card or PayPal, or you can give via Cash App. However you choose to do it, we appreciate it. I I like to say that every now and then, and uh, we appreciate it so much. There's also, for those of you who want to go a little deeper into getting some things that are not uh, available on our website for free. We do have um, an additional content page that has a lot of stuff behind it that we've released only to to like small groups or in classroom settings. If you'd like access to those materials, and there's quite a bit of it, that's $50 for a a one-time donation of $50 will get you a password and you get in forever. Uh, That number is going up. We're going to raise that price soon because we keep adding content. The value has gotten even better. We're going to raise that additional content price before the year is out. And uh, so get in now and um, start enjoying some of that stuff that's behind that paywall. Okay. Today, we are in Mark chapter 13, verse 14, where we start to talk about what's commonly referred to as the Great Tribulation. And I'll say this, and this is not going to be a shocker to those of you who listen to me regularly, but I'll go ahead and say it anyhow. Whenever I use the phrase, the Great Tribulation, I am in no way meaning a seven-year event out in your future that precedes or follows the rapture of the church. Uh, I've made it abundantly clear over the years, I don't believe that the Bible teaches the church is being taken out. Jesus' return to the earth, whatever that looks like, does not require that the church of Jesus Christ be removed so that Jesus can implement some sort of scorched earth policy. Neither does it mean that there will be a scorched earth policy that the church survives and then Jesus will come back and scorch the earth. Um, So this idea that a great tribulation lays in your future, I don't believe is supported by scripture. And that's part of the reason why we have to do these slow walks once in a while through these apocalyptic whether it's the apocalypse of Matthew 24 or the little apocalypse of Mark 13, we have to do them from time to time. So I say that up front. I'll leave that alone and just get into the text. Verse 14, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. In case you're not looking at your text, 
I assume most are not. I want to remind you that the translators have put words in red that are attributed to Jesus in some of your Bibles. Many of the older translations do that. Then they put the words in black that are spoken by the writer, Mark. In the 14th verse, the translators did it right. We know this because Jesus was not writing this down. He's just saying it. But in the middle of that verse, did you hear that phrase, let the reader understand? That's a parenthetical passage in which the author, Mark, jumps in and gives commentary to the reader. Jesus doesn't say that because he's not writing. He's speaking. So let me read it again. We'll pause, throw in Mark's statement, and then go back to Jesus, just as it's written. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. The reader is assumed to be someone who's reading the gospel of Mark and comparing it to the Old Testament book of Daniel, where Jesus just quotes from. When you see the abomination of desolation. Okay, what is this phrase, the abomination of desolation? This is a point backward to an event that happened in 168 BC. It's already in the past of Jesus' audience and the reader. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, And forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress, and they shall take away the daily sacrifices, and place there the abomination of desolation. This is Daniel predicting the coming of the king of the north, which was personified by Antiochus Epiphanes. He came into Jerusalem. He desecrated the temple in an attack that began in 168 BC. And when he arrived in the temple, he set up his own altar on the temple mount went into the temple, tore back the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place, looked inside the most holy place and saw that there was no Ark of the Covenant, which, by the way, had vanished sometime in the middle of the 5th century B.C. Information we're not given in the Bible as to what happened. In fact, the Bible never even talks about it not being there anymore. He goes into the most holy place. He takes a pig the most vile of creatures to Judaism, and walks it across the Temple Mount into the most holy place and slits its throat, cuts its body up, and sacrifices it inside the most holy place. This happened 200 years before Christ. All right, it was called the abomination of desolation. The temple had been desolated by an abominable creature. Jesus says, when you see this, when you see the abomination of desolation, standing where it ought not. In other words, standing where it ought not, it's getting close. That's the indication. You're seeing this abominable act. Jesus is pointing back to what happens so that when they see it begin to happen the next time, 
They'll flee to the mountains, which happened in AD 70. In AD 70, this Old Testament text was definitively fulfilled when Titus, the Roman general, later would become Emperor Titus, sacked the temple and in August of AD 70, completely brought it down. What we know is that Christians by the thousands fled Jerusalem before the gates closed and hid in the mountains of Judea. Where did they get that? They remembered Jesus telling them to do exactly that. More tomorrow. God bless.